Hi, and welcome to episode 44 of the Studio Insider Art Podcast. This week, Steph and I nerd out on some of our favourite art supplies. From yummy paints to buttery pastels, we talk through all our trusty faves. You can also find a free download that gives my full list over at susannethercottestudio.com. I'll be sure to leave a link in the show notes. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Susan Nethercott and welcome to the Studio Insider Art Podcast. In these episodes, I throw open the doors to my art studio practice and how I run my business as a professional artist. Whether it be candid insider chats with my studio assistants Laura and Steph, or interviews with other creatives, or answering listener questions, there is something here for every emerging artist. I hope my journey can help you feel a bit more at home in your own. Hello, Steph. Hi, Suze. How are you going? I'm a bit tired this week. How about you? (laughs) I'm a bit the same, actually. The wheels are coming off a little bit this week. We've had a couple of dramas in the household. We've had actually a bit of illness, so hence we're on the Zoom because... We can't really see one another when there's illness about at the moment. So, but all good otherwise. Yeah. And Steph, we were just chatting before we got on the call about some lovely reviews that we've had through of the podcast in the past few weeks. Would you like to share one of our lovely listener reviews with us? Oh, of course I would. Yeah, look, the reviews come in from all sorts of places, don't they? Like lots of people emailing you, but they're most useful to the podcast when they're on the platform that people are listening to. So for reference, we'd love if you left a review. And if you do, please put it on the platform you're listening on. This one is gorgeous. It's from Arizan Shine and the heading is Healing. She says, I loved the conversation around art as a catalyst for healing and found it to be true for myself. It's something I'm fascinated by and I'm hopeful because of. I know it can't have been easy to talk about and I thank you for your bravery, your openness to meet with yourself through your art practice and for sharing that very private and powerful world with us. I hope to hear more on these topics when you feel you are able to articulate. Isn't that lovely? That is so lovely. Thank you so much for that beautiful review. I opened up quite a lot about my own personal healing journey with art and we had a really amazing response to that. It seems to have really hit the hearts of a lot of our fellow artists out there. So thank you so much for sending through that review. I also had some really beautiful emails from other listeners with with some beautiful stories inside about how that's touched their hearts. So we'll be sure to keep returning to this subject throughout the podcast because we know it means a lot to you so keep letting us know what means a lot to you because it really helps us with what programming we do for the podcast yeah absolutely yeah we're going to go somewhere a little bit different today aren't we Steph yeah I can't wait for this one this is exciting it feels a bit (laughs) self-indulgent almost because I know that it's one of both of yours and my favorite topics to talk about which is art supplies. (laughs) I saw you got a great big haul last week. Was it last week? This week? I did. Yeah, I did a big Instagram story of me unpacking my gigantic box of new art supplies from the Sydney art store. They actually did a really beautiful 15% off discount for Victorian people that are we're all been in lockdown for the last few weeks so that was really sweet of uh, the Sydney art store to offer that so I certainly made it worth their while <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> I stocked up on a lot of new colors and 
so many people always respond to that on Instagram and that can you save it to your your story highlights so I can refer back to it so I thought well we've never actually talked about art supplies on the podcast before so we thought it's definitely time to dive in there and I think it's perfect timing because you're just finishing up um, doing some editing on your next chapter Mm. of your course and that's all about colour so I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about some of the some of your favourite colours some of your favourite paints and materials and if you could share that with all of us that'd be flipping fantastic absolutely and it's such good timing because I literally have half of my art supplies on my desk in front of my computer right now because I've I've been as I've been editing the videos I've been creating the lists of art supplies so they're literally all out in front of me so I am more than happy to talk about that I guess the first thing that's really jumping out at me at what is on my desk right now and what I'm using not only in the painting as a practice course but also what I'll be planning for the next phase of painting in the studio is how much of Derivan Matisse paint there is here actually I am a huge fan of their structure paint. I love it. I love it. I love that it's Australian made. It's just, it's gorgeous to use. Yeah, love it. It is. It's a fantastic product. And I am using more and more of it. I used to use, um, and I still do use a lot of Golden, which is like the premier acrylic brand that comes out of the US. Uh, I sort of really started very much in the realm of Golden and, and worked within that range of paint for a very long time but I have added more and more and more Derivan Matisse to my collection as time has gone on I have to admit I think the tide is turning a little bit in their direction and I love all of their consistencies because they have they have three which is brilliant as well so I also love their heavy bodied acrylics uh, and I, I, I love using them particularly on sort of the top layers of my painting to get beautiful impasto marks and strokes, which for those of you who don't know, impasto is just a fancy word for when your paint is so thick that it leaves like a three-dimensional sculptural type mark on the mm. surface of your canvas. But they also have their flow consistency, which is uh, it's less structured, but it's also not completely runny. It has a little bit of structure to it. So that's really quite nice to work with as well. So then they have their flow, their flow consistency, which is a very fluid paint, which is quite similar to the golden fluids that I use quite a lot. So to explain how I use those different paints, I generally do first layers in fluids and flow paints ones that aren't quite as structured because you're going to get a much better coverage of your canvas or paper or whatever surface you're working with so I use those on the first layers and then in subsequent layers I tend to move to the heavy bodied acrylics not just for the impasto marks but also because they tend to uh, be more opaque so if you're covering over very vibrant colour and, and there's, there's certain degrees of transparency of all paints, you're going to get the best coverage with a heavy body mm. acrylic. I've watched you paint in, in a couple of workshops and I was really interested in how you contrasted those two elements of the painting, the fluid drippy with the beautiful buttery impasto. So knowing how to use those different types of paints I think is really useful and when I was just starting out I didn't really understand what I should be yeah buying. well that's right it can be very very confusing out there and it's it's good talking to me now about it because I'm fresh out of just creating the art 
the art supplies video from the upcoming e-course, which is painting as a practice chapter two. So I zone in very much in this, this next e-course on color and painting with color and layering with mixed media. So Mm. I've, I'm fresh out of that. And I can tell you specifically that you don't have to have all the paints. So one of the things I do talk about in there is you can use mediums to either bulk up or thin out your paints as well. So if you can only, I mean, I do have a lot of paint and I have fluids and I have the heavy bodies, but that is probably not realistic for an emerging artist because paints are very expensive. So what you can do is buy a tube of heavy bodied acrylic and you can thin that down with something like a pouring medium. I don't recommend using water to thin out your acrylic paints because what happens is you don't get a very even dispersion of the color, the the particles of the color that give the paint its color. So if you use a medium that's designed for that purpose, such as a pouring medium, you'll get a much better even Mm. flow of the color yeah I do that I use mediums quite a lot to either thicken or thin the paints because I'm just not organized enough to have everything that I need so I like doing that mixing up little batches and then using that directly and the medium makes a huge difference I learned that from you I did I would have previously used water but you're right all that does is thin the pigments and actually decreases the adhesion of the paint so the the medium is basically paint body without any color in it yes very well described thank you can I ask what brands you're using of mediums to do that with your paints yeah, I use all sorts of different ones, actually. Like, I don't keep it brand specific. So I, I like you, use a few different brands. Um, I think the one I got from my local art store, the medium, was an Atelier brand. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I don't think it really makes that much of a difference, in my experience. Mm-hmm. Not with the thinning mediums. With the thickening agents, um, the things you can mix in to make your paint really, like, incredibly structured and heavy almost like painting with frosting they can be very different depending on which brand but I think it's experimentation really and finding what you like it is and it's such a rabbit warren mediums isn't it like oh, you look start yeah. looking at and there's incredible variety there's like sandy ones there's ones like you described that turn it into like frosting there's just so many different types that you can have a play around with so it's just something to keep your eye out for I think to try out now and again but yes that that would be one of my top tips for someone that is trying to build out their first art kit and they have you know a budget they're working with you can just buy one type of paint and you can I would probably say buy the heavy bodied and then thin it because I think that that's an easier result to achieve than the reverse of bulking out a paint with um with a with a heavy bodied medium Mm. so that would be one of my top tips, definitely. But I'm looking at a, a range of colours from Dereva Matisse on my desk that are ones that I've noticed throughout this e-course particularly that I have been using over and over and over again. One of the products I will mention that I haven't mentioned before is they have a brilliant thing called a coloured gesso, which is... For anyone that doesn't know what gesso is, gesso generally comes in a white and it is what you would use to prime up a canvas to paint on it. So it's like a paint primer. Now, most artists that are buying 
pre-made canvases aren't needing to use gesso because it will often say that they've been pre-primed. But if you're creating and priming your own canvases or you want to create a different finish on your canvas, you can buy white gesso to do it. But Derev and Matisse have gone ahead and made coloured gessos, which is totally brilliant way to get um, a huge amount of colour down on a big surface in your background layers. So I've been having a heap of fun with these over this year and I use them a lot in painting as a practice, the upcoming e-course. And um, there's a few colours that I'm using a lot. Midnight Blue is one of them. It's a gorgeous um, deep blue that just goes with everything. And also they have some they have one called straw which is like a dirty yellow that I just I've used in nearly every painting but my art some of my other favorite colors that I have sitting here of Deravan Matisse are their cadmium yellow their brilliant alizarin magenta quin violet oh I love that one mm, Australian so it is so good Australian sienna the most beautiful orange orangey goldy yellowy it's it's the color of our country which is really beautiful um <laughs> australian yellow green so now i'm going into their australian colors range which i think is some of the most beautiful in their range another one i use all the time is uh their salmon their australian salmon gum which is an absolutely mm. gorgeous salmon color and i'm also using a lot of their thalo green and i'm always 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 mixing down with lots of titanium white so that's that's a brand it doesn't matter what brand you use i think titanium white needs to be a part of everybody's paint kit and i actually that would be the one paint that i would recommend that you have in both a flow consistency or a fluid consistency and a heavy bodied because it's it's something that you'll find you mix down with all the time Mm, so why do you use titanium white specifically? Because it's very opaque. Um, I actually do have a preference for the golden titanium white. I particularly love their heavy bodied titanium white. It just seems to make whatever you mix with it pop. One of the um, great things about golden is it has an extremely high pigment count and it probably, I would say, has a higher pigment count than probably a lot of the Matisse not all of them some of the Matisse are beautifully vibrant and amazing um, but there are some colors that I just can't go away from with golden because they're just so vibrant and I just particularly love their titanium white there's probably not such a massive difference that most other people could even tell but I just love it and um that's what I use. So there are other whites like zinc white, I think, which by memory I think might be less opaque. But I'm always looking for very punchy colours and getting good coverage in my layers. So I tend to use a paint that has a white that has less transparency. But transparency might be what you're going for. So in, if that's the case, you might want to look at a different type of white that's more transparent. Mm. Now, I know that Matisse isn't always easy to find um, if you're outside of Australia. So I'll make sure to include links to all of these products that we're talking about um, so you can find them internationally as well as in Australia. Do you always work in acrylics, Suze? I don't. I actually do dip into oil painting every now and again. So I had a really fun time when I was in France in, I think it was 2017. We did an art retreat in the south of France we went to this amazing art store that was owned 
it, it's still owned by the grandson of the original owner and he used to sell canvases and paints to people like Matisse and Picasso who were all living down there during um, the world wars. So it that was just such a pinch myself moment and I actually mm. bought a lot of my oil colours at that shop. So And it was great doing it there because the owner of the store had this amazing knowledge of the pigments and the combination of the pigments, um, the, the chemistry of how they're actually made. And and he was able to help me figure it because I knew he sold golden and I knew what my favourite colours were in golden. So he was able to help me identify what the closest equivalent would be in the oil paints. So it was ah. a total art nerd moment. <laughs> but I don't it. I don't paint in oils that often. I just I find the drying time really challenging. Um, but one of the brands that I do have quite a few paints is Williamsburg, which is actually made by the same parent company as Golden. So ah. they're beautiful oils. But yeah, I don't use them nearly as much as I paint with acrylics because they dry fast and they're just so convenient and yeah. This podcast is brought to you by my new upcoming e-course, Painting as a Practice, Chapter 2, which focuses on colour play and mediums that pop. In this second instalment to my Painting as a Practice series, I'll be sharing how I work with colour, how I layer my paintings with mixed media, and also how I make painting a sacred and soulful practice. If you ever wanted to know how I create paintings that vibrate with energy, then this course is definitely for you. To learn more and hear first when it becomes available, hop on over to susannevicatstudio.com forward slash online classes. See you there. And you've been exploring watercolour lately, haven't you? Like what are I your have. some of your favourite watercolour products? Well, I'm loving Daniel Smith. Um, absolutely love their range of watercolours, totally beautiful. And as you know, I've been playing around also with making some of my own watercolours from locally foraged pigment, which has been a whole other exploration that I've just had so much fun with. Um, yeah, so it's been brilliant. And, oh gosh, I was going to talk about something I've been testing a product for a company, but they haven't unveiled that they're actually releasing a range of watercolors. So I better not, I better not mention that just yet. Yeah, don't let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> something exciting coming coming from one of our favorite paint companies um, very soon. But I'll have to keep you posted on that one. I think it's all a bit <laughs> a bit secret squirrel at this stage. But I feel very honoured to have been on their testing team. Oh, you're a bit feedback. special. <laughs> It did make me feel a bit special. I felt like a bit of, I did feel a little bit of, um, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for, Steph? I don't know what you're trying to say. Imposter. I did feel a bit of imposter syndrome. I have to say when I was on the call, I had to keep reminding myself, no, you are a legit professional artist. That's why they're asking you. But it was a bit of a pinch myself moment as well. So. Yes. The other thing I'm staring at on my desk is some of my favorite mixed media supplies as well. So a couple of the things that I'm, I, I absolutely love to use, and these are things that I'm demonstrating with in all my demonstration videos in the upcoming e-course painting as a practice chapter two as well, is Neocolor, the, the Caran Dash Neocolor water-soluble wax pastels. Say that 10 times fast because that's a <laughs> mouthful. 
So what they are, they're a water-based media. So they're and they're kind of like a crayon. So they're a super fun and easy mixed media art supply to start out with because you can Mm. use them directly in with your paint and you can etch into paint with them you can dip them in water and draw on your canvas with them they're heaps of fun and they just give lots of textural detail um, and difference to the paint that's on Mm. your canvas and that's that's what I probably love most about mixed media so I have a huge big box of those that I invested in a couple of years ago but I started out with one of those little packs of I think about 12 when I first got into them and now I'm just completely sold so I use them quite a lot lately actually they've become something I'm doing more and more what stage of your painting do you often use those because I use them at at the very first layer to sort of draft out an idea for composition but how do you use them Um, I use them in all kinds of different ways. And I really, throughout chapters one and two of painting as a practice, push the boundaries of all the different ways that I can use these, which is kind of the great part about doing um, a practice like that, because it's an opportunity to really experiment with your supplies. So sometimes I might do what you're describing and make those first marks that kind of give me an idea of where my composition is going to go down. I also really love after I've laid down a layer of fresh paint etching into the paint with the head of it to create, to to etch out a shape. And it gives kind of um, a really fat, wide line, but also with a bit of pigment in it. And I just love the sketchiness of it. It's really fun. And then I do often use them after a layer has dried on the painting and I have a nice clean dried surface I love to dip them in water and draw a shape and then and I love it when my crayon's very wet and it actually starts to drip down as well oh, from yummy. where I've drawn it so and I and they kind of have this watercolory feel about them um or when I do that it's almost an inky feel so they're quite different to what's already on the canvas and I love the combination of those two feels together so that's mm. how I'm using them. Do you so do you use them on subsequent layers of the canvas or really just in that early stage? Oh, it depends, but generally just in the early stage because they're water soluble. It feels like drawing with a crayon, so you have that looseness um which I really like. Um at, but then you can paint over them, no problem mm. or like you say add water to them and um create almost like a watercolor effect. I think yeah. they're really lovely. Yeah. In painting as a practice chapter one, I did quite a lot of that where I would actually draw on the paper and then emulsify it and it basically mm. turns to like a watercolour uh, paint effect, probably more a little bit like gouache. So I have so many mm. different ways I play with. Another thing I like to do with them is uh, paint them, paint something on my, on my canvas or my paper, whatever I'm working on, emulsify it, let it partially set and then etch into it. So that's something else that I'm demonstrating in a lot of detail in uh, chapter two as well. And the other thing that I am loving exploring uh, in the course as well is the Sennelier oil pastels, which mm, are I've, so oh. yummy. Let's let's just let's just sink into that. It's, like, it's almost so like yummy. a love affair, isn't it? So tell yeah. me your reaction to them. Well, I. Um... I've always been a cheap artist and then when I met you I started <laughs> I started to see 
the difference in your work when you do buy beautiful supplies. And and the scenario pastels are one of the first things that I invested in. And when I put them to canvas, it was like it felt like drawing with butter. It was such a sensual experience. I know, <laughs> like, right? I can't even describe it. They're beautiful. And the intensity of colour. It, they're incredible. They're nothing like working with a cheap oil pastel. Nothing. Nothing like it. Mm. Sensual is definitely the word. I have another art story, art store story actually about that. Again, it's in France. I went to the Sennelier store in Paris and they actually invented that oil pastel for Picasso who walked in there one day and said, I need a product that does this and they created it for him. And so I went and I invested in a whole bunch of really huge oil sticks for when I do my really huge canvases and they're even more next level sensual. Well, I feel a bit racy. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever floats your boat. Sorry, everyone. Um, Yes, and it's so – I I feel like I should apologise to you for making you buy expensive supplies, but truly there's a difference, right? It's There's a, a huge difference. difference. Huge and difference, look, yeah. For anyone out there that's listening, I actually have a a free download that's on my website, susannethicatstudio.com, which lists all of my favourite art supplies. And it has things like with the Sennelier oil pastels, I actually list out the numbers of my favourite colours, things oh. like that. But I do talk a bit about about that very topic in that download about you know it's it's fine and well to learn with student grade paints when you're just starting out and you haven't got a lot to invest but the problem is you can't get great results out of student grade paints you do need to use a good quality paint to make good quality paintings so what we're talking about here in this podcast they are professional art supplies and they're made with high quality pigments with high pigment count so you're going to be able to get results that you're pleased with because there's nothing as heartbreaking as spending heaps of time creating something and then not achieving the result you're after which could actually be partly to do with that what you're working with is not ever going to let you do that yeah yeah. Have you had 100%. experience of that, Steph? Because you, because you. Yeah, I have. I like I say, I used to be quite a cheap artist, and it's because I'd, I was dabbling and playing and learning, and that was fine. But you, you mentioned it a bit earlier in this conversation about, um the intensity of pigments in the paints that you use. So a cheaper student quality supply will have less pigment and more body. So it's not going to be as opaque. It's not going to be as um, thick and buttery to paint with. The experience is quite different. And I think if you are, you do want to level up your work, that is a really good place to start is to buy, buy better materials. And in the grand scheme of things, because they're better quality, I find that they go further anyway. So mm. I'm still, I feel like I'm still not really um, spending lots of money. I'm just getting a much better result. Mm. Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree with you more. They definitely do go further. And you really notice that if you if you go from one to the other and, and try them out. And, you know, I kind of feel a bit weird about recommending people spending a lot of money. I don't I don't want to come across as this like elitist artist that's like, you must only use the best. <laughs> but it's true. Like when you use one against the other, you see the difference. 
And, and that's why I talk about things like specific brands that I like, because certain companies do a better job of creating better paint than others. They are not Mm. all created equal. And, and I, you know, I had the same experience at the very beginning too, working with student grade paints and craft paints and things, and then getting my hands. I, I kind of went from really rubbish to the Rolls Royce when at one point when I was working sort of with craft paints from just from a craft store and I bought my first Goldens and oh my goodness, the thrill that I felt when I painted with them for the first time, the colour and the way that it reached me in in a way that these other chalky sort of colours couldn't. Mm. Um, and, and and talking of chalky, that's kind of the consistency that you get in the, jet, the um, Matisse coloured gessos. So they are a lot less expensive than their other paints because they're intended to be a ground and they are chalkier, but that's what they're intended for. So they're the perfect way to lay down a lot of color and save money. So when you have knowledge about things like products like those, that actually will save money in the long run because if you're working on large canvases, et cetera, if you've got a product that's intended to get that big coverage and give you a good result before Mm. you move on to those more expensive paints, it's overall going to cost you less in the long run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have an art snob um, question. So when I was at art school, w- the time when we went back to basics at the very beginning, we were taught that you can create any colour out of just the primaries and black and white. Now, that is true, but it takes a lot of work. And something I've learned from you that I feel has up-leveled my work is not being afraid to buy a colour because I love it and use it straight out of the tube. So that you know, in my, um, in my educational background is a no-no. So can you speak a bit to why you do that and, um, and why you don't have that elitist attitude towards mixing colour? Well, for starters, I didn't go to art school per se, so I skipped that whole indoctrination step, which I think Good in work. some ways has done me a favour. Uh, so... And honestly, I'm just so thrilled at so many of the colours that I see in a bottle or a tube. It's like I have to try that. And I, I, I'm kind of known for painting in very saturated, bright colours. So there are so many amazing colours that I can put together that are available. And I also make large paintings, so I don't want to be mixing paint all the time. Interestingly, though... When I was doing the supplies video for painting as a practice chapter two, I do talk a little bit about color mixing because that can be a way to avoid having to buy all the colors. So I do discuss that a bit and um, I talk about the color wheel and how if, if you basically get yourself a warm red and a cool red, a warm yellow and a cool yellow, a warm blue and a cool blue, and you've got your white and your black, Technically, you can mix any color and you could go and learn how to do that very easily off somewhere like YouTube. So that is a way for someone that is on a really strict budget to be able to do that. I I'm, I think I'm just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not lazy, Not ma- impatient, impatient. I, when I'm painting, I'm in such a fever of, you know, the music's on and there's paint everywhere I'm I'm a very passionate painter. I I just want to I want to go straight for the good stuff. So that's that's mm. a big part of it. And uh, yeah, it's it's just what I've chosen to do. And 
I'm glad that you found joy in that process as, as well. So in that guide that I'm talking about that's on, on my website, susannethicottestudio.com, I list out what all my favourite go-to colours are in, in both Golden and uh, Derivan Matisse and also some of the other mixed media supplies too. It's a really great extensive guide. So if you do want to go to directly those colours you might have seen on my feed that you really love, you can go and find out what they are and purchase them directly. And look, you know, you can pre-mix down colours and keep them in tubs and things, but then they tend to dry out. That's the other thing that I've found has happened when I've pre-mixed a lot of my own colour. So that's another reason why I've just gone, oh, it's just mm. simpler to by the tube if I'm laying down huge fields of that colour. Yeah. yeah. I'm using a lot of pinks and purples at the moment and they are incredibly hard to mix. Like if you don't have the correct They pigments, are. Mm, yeah, you're not going to get that zingy, like vibrating off the canvas effect. And how inspiring is it looking at all of your paints, you know, when you're just in those beginning stages and you just spot a colour sitting there and you're like, ah, that that's what I'm going to go for. Like that's where I'm going to start. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like the directness of just having that colour available to you without all of this uh, intellectual hangover of I must learn how to mix these myself. Well, you can do that. You can go down that rabbit warren of colour theory and learning to mix your own colours at any point in time. But most most artists that I know are pretty time poor and they just want to dive in and paint and have an experience of the paint and I will say one of my favorite things to do is to blend new colors on the canvas mm. when, when I allow two colors that I've laid down to butt up against each other. It's something I, I demonstrate really thoroughly in chapter two of painting as a practice, how I put together two colors on the paper and blend them in a really haphazard, beautiful way. So you get these gorgeous combinations of colors that are not too blended and not too perfect. It's one of my favourite things to do, actually. So no pressure, Suze, but when do I get to see this beautiful course that you've it's been so, It's so, <laughs> so, so, so close. Look, as you know, Steph, because you're living the same reality, we are still in lockdown in Victoria. Um, I've One of my children managed to put her hand on my stove yesterday, burnt oh. her hand. So I'm dealing with that bit of drama and looking after her at the moment the poor little cherub so uh it's so close but you know me deadlines are my kryptonite <laughs> I'm not going to put a date on it but guys please get on my newsletter list because I'm going to be putting it out soon and it will be going out uh, at a discounted rate uh, for the pre-sales so please jump on my newsletter list if you go and sign up at susannethicottestudio.com and sign up for that uh, the art supplies list the guide to my most loved art supplies you will then be on the newsletter list and you will get notification and there may or may not be a little free something coming out in the next week or so to my <laughs> oh, newsletter list so now is the time to jump on it okay <laughs> I look I would say two to three weeks I'm hoping that, but there's just so much going on at the moment and curveballs, etc. So yes, yes. No he's pressure, hoping no Steph, pressure. no pressure, <laughs> but give me a date lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's probably enough of us going on and on about 
art supplies. I hope you've enjoyed that one, guys. Thanks for sharing all of your tips and favourite things as well, Steph. Yeah, no worries. That was really fun. Thanks, Suze. Thanks, Steph. Have a great week, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. You can always see more of my art over at susanethercote.com and if you're interested in learning from me or checking out the podcast notes, you can find those over on susannethercotestudio.com. I love hearing your comments and feedback, so feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, then why not snap a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories? Be sure to tag me at susan.nethercote so I can say hi. And if you've got a great idea for a future podcast episode or know someone who you think I should interview, then pop on over to susannethercotestudio.com forward slash podcast, hit the button in the header image to shoot me an email. Catch you next time.